Friday, we have in store for you so much. It's a supersized, jam-packed show. I saw Avengers Infinity War last night. I will review that for you coming up at 7.37. But today is also a very special day here at CJOB. It is the Spring for Siloam Radiothon, presented by Pristine Roofing and Siding. And we will have features uh, throughout the morning. The Radiothon itself gets underway at 9 a.m., but we're going to get you set up for that over the next three hours, three and a half or so, in fact. We'll uh, let you know how you can donate, how you can get things rolling on this very special day here on 680 CGOB with one of our outstanding community partners. Indeed. Hashtag on social media, Spring for Siloam. You can call one 844 9 That's one 844 974-5626 or you can donate online at siloam.ca slash donate that phone number by the way is now open we'll be on site at uh, Kildonan Place 680 CJOB will be on site from 9am to 6pm in the meantime Oh boy, this is, you're excited about this one. Well, of course, the Jets and the Predators getting underway tonight, 7 o'clock Winnipeg time, but we've been hyping this up for the last couple of days. Yeah. Very special. Maybe the most famous Winnipegger on the planet right now, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Y2J, or as he's kind of changing it right now, at least for the time being, Y2 Jets. That's right. Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah. We're about to make a landmark announcement here with the help of the one and only Chris Jericho. And for the moment, he'll be in two places at once because right now he's actually in Saudi Arabia participating in the WWE's greatest Royal Rumble event. So he could be in the ring right now with 49 other guys. We spoke to him a couple of days ago about a challenge he's issued to one of the biggest names in country music concerning hockey. Here's how it went. Well, we are reaching out to you, and I think you have an idea why. You've been featured on the Jets scoreboard and uh, encouraging fans to get loud all season long. It's been extremely effective during the playoffs, and we know that you've thrown down the gauntlet somewhat, maybe a little bit of a different sort of Royal Rumble with Carrie Underwood. Has she answered your question as to what you should have on the line as it pertains to this Predators-Jets playoff series? Well, I'm sure if she had, you would have heard about it before me. I mean, she's got like, I think, 8 million. Like, I got a lot of Twitter followers and uh, and uh, Instagram followers, Facebook, about 10 million strong. I think she's about 20 or 30 million. So she probably has a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, morons challenging her and saying things to her. But I just thought, you know, she's a big hockey fan. I think she's married to one of the guys on the team. Uh, I think he's a fourth-line bench warmer, I'm not sure. But it's like if you're going to be uh, touting the Nashville Predators, you got no idea what you're getting yourself into. This is Winnipeg, man. We are Winnipeg, and I think that if um, if she's a proud Nashville Predator fan, uh, half as much as she claims to be, uh, she'll have uh, no problem doing a friendly wager with me. Obviously, one of the biggest Winnipeg Jets fans on the planet, with uh, one of the most, uh, I guess. No, most most notoriety per chance from Winnipeg, uh, being a diehard Jets fan. So let's do um, a, a wager, a friendly wager for charity. Uh, I'll pick my charity, and she can pick hers, and we'll do like a ten grand wager. I, that's what I believe uh, in the Jets. I'll put ten thousand dollars up that says the Winnipeg Jets win, 
uh, the series against Nashville, if she'll do the same and uh, she can donate $10,000 to my uh, charity, JDRF, for the study of uh, type 1 diabetes, to beat type 1 diabetes, and she can uh, pick a charity of her choice. And whoever wins, uh, wins. And, and, and I'll be happy to shake her, her, her internet hand, so to speak, her cyber hand, and, and proclaim her team to be the better team uh, if, if they win. But as we know, the Nashville Predators will not win because they have no idea what they're getting into walking into the, into the MTS Center and the whiteout and just the, 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 the lunacy of the Winnipeg fans. So I think it's going to be a rude awakening for the Nashville Predators the same way it was for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, if Carrie Underwood feels differently, she knows where to find me, at I am Jericho, Chris Jericho Fozzi on, uh, on Instagram, or just contact you guys, whatever you want to do, Carrie. It's a friendly bet. Put your money where your mouth is. Jets versus Predators. Let's see who wins. So, Chris, uh, what if she wanted to, to up the ante? Like, say, for example, she said if, uh, if the Predators somehow win, you have to appear in public, uh, maybe on television or something, in uh, a Predators jersey. Would you accept that uh, kind of term? I'll accept any bet that she throws upon me, well, as long as it's reciprocal. And um, I'll be happy to. I mean, this is what makes uh, AHL hockey so much fun, especially in the playoffs. Obviously, huge fan of Karen Edward, nothing but huge respect for her. I think it's good for, for hockey. It's good for the Predators. It's good for the Jets. It's good for charity. Um, it puts a lot of spotlight onto this series being the most pivotal and important series uh, of the Western Conference Finals because I think the winner of this series goes all the way to the Stanley Cup. So it puts a lot of focus and a lot of momentum on, on our series. I know Nashville is not the biggest of cities. Winnipeg is not the biggest of cities. But combine the two with the star power and worldwide fan base of Kenny Underwood and Chris Jericho, and you got yourself a, a spotlight and, and, and a winning series either way. So um, I think that uh, I think that she'll be she should be more than happy to be involved with this because it just puts more spotlight on her uh, her little team there, her little country team. That's no chump bet. That's not a chump size bet. $10,000 to your respective favorite charity. So your move, Carrie Underwood. I'm Greg Mackling. He's Brett McGarry. We're here till till 9.30 this morning at 9 o'clock. Kelly Moore will be down at Kildonan Place Mall. I know Jeff Courier will be there as well to do his show today. Come on down and say hello. It officially starts at 9 a.m., but you can donate online at any time, starting right now at siloam.ca slash donate. Right now, we're joined by a former client of Silo Mission who has overcome homelessness. Ron Bodan is our guest. We spoke with him a couple of weeks back, and we are happy to welcome him here once more. Ron, how are you? I'm very well. It's a pleasure to be back. No problem getting up this morning. Ron, this is uh, this is old hat for you getting up <clears throat> early in the morning. It is, yes. It's, it's, it's just a great uh, great morning to be alive, and uh, go Jets, go. Go Jets, go, indeed. So, to, you know, last time we visited with you, we didn't get too much into your story. Uh, we want to focus on the future, and just, just tell us how how you are uh, spending your days these days. Well, uh, you know, today I, um, I have a full-time job that I really enjoy, and uh, I have my family back in my life, and uh, I have a really good life, and... Um, I do this as a way of uh, of giving back. Um, uh, it's amazing what Asylum has been able to do uh, do for me, and it wouldn't be possible without the um, with the generous donations of uh, of the people. So, 
the services that you were able to to get from Silo Mission, maybe just to walk us through some of that, uh, like how long were you with them, for example? Well, you know, I was probably um, a homeless um, on and off for, for, for about a year or so, and then it was like a full-time homelessness. And, uh, you know, it just started with with using the shelter and then maybe some um, meals and they have a medical center there and I, you know, I use the facilities there as well. And, um, you know, to get to where I am today, there was actually a volunteer um, there that I spoke with who, um, who um, you know, put me into contact with people who, um, who helped me along the way and in, in, in transitioned me out of homelessness. So, Ron, when you, when you obviously... You're out in the community yourself. You see people in our community that are experiencing homelessness. Uh, maybe give us your perspective when you encounter those people on the street. Well, it's a little bit uh, different for me now. Uh, you know, back then, it, my attitude was, and you know, well, why don't you get a job? And, uh, you know, people are homeless for a number of reasons. For myself, um, you know, it was addiction, uh, mental health. Uh, some people are in relationships that that don't work out, and uh, you know somebody leaves a relationship, doesn't have a place to go. Uh, there are people in abusive relationships, um, uh, things like that, things that you know you would normally uh, never think of. And on that note, we see people uh, with signs at many intersections asking for money uh, all throughout the city. Um, what do you? What's your reaction when you come across that? Well, you know, um, a person has to do what uh, what they feel they need to do to to live or to survive. Uh, personally, uh, I would rather give my money to a, a place like Silo Mission and uh, and have these people come down there and use their facilities. So there, ha- you're certainly not the mo- only success story at Silo Mission. There have to be others. Have you made connections over the years? You, you clearly give back at Silo uh, based on your experience there. Well, I've I've uh, I've seen a lot of people out in the community that were homeless at the same time that I was, and and a lot of them are doing uh, are are doing quite well. And, and you know we talk, and it's just great to it's great to uh, great to see. And uh, you know if I can just add one thing, uh, with the uh, radiothon going on today, um, you know Silo Mission changed my life, but I believe that anyone donating um, to Silo, uh, their life will change as well. You can donate by calling one eight four four. Nine Siloam. That's one eight four four nine seven four five six two six. Six eighty CJOB will be on site from nine a.m. until six p.m. at Kildonan Place. But there are people waiting to answer the phone right now. Again, one eight four four nine Siloam. Ron Bodan, our guest, former client of Silo Mission. Ron, where do you think you would be today if not for Silo Mission? You know, honestly, um, I don't think I'd be alive. Um, or else, um, you know, maybe I'd um, just be out on the streets. It's really hard to say. It's just, uh, you know, the way things worked out for me, it's, uh, it's incredible. Uh, just very grateful that, uh, that they were there. And it's, you know, it's the staff, it's the volunteers. And, and I've said, you know, before, the, the people that are there, they want to be there. They want to help. And, um, you know, it's, it's, all it starts with is with the smile, um, being treated with dignity. Uh, it makes a big difference made a big difference in my life. We're really good at looking and f- looking for and finding problems in our community. This is a solution to something that a, a lot of people uh, deal with, more people than we imagine deal with. They just did a, a survey, uh, did a did a census of folks that are experiencing homelessness in, in Winnipeg right now. This is 
part of the solution. If you see homelessness as a problem in our community, this is your opportunity to get involved and be part of the solution. Exactly. It certainly is. And, um, you know, for the people out there who are maybe not sure if, if this is something they should uh, should denote, donate to, um, you know, give Asylum a call. Um, ask to take a tour of their facilities and, uh, you know, it'll really, it'll really open your eyes. You know, I've gone back a couple of times uh, on tours uh, since I've been homeless and, and, and stuff has changed over the years and I'm quite, uh, quite impressed and, and really proud of them. And it's not just uh, helping you get through your homelessness, but you, you said something as well that kind of stuck out for me, that your family is back in your life. Uh, maybe tell us how that came about, how they returned to your life. Well, because of my, my, uh, my addiction, I became estranged with my uh, sister and my, and my nieces. And um, it's really uh, funny, but through Silo Mission, uh, they had asked me a few years ago to do, uh, to do a story on... Uh, on my on my um, situation, and um, so I did, and it appeared in the newspaper. And uh, my sister saw it, and she contacted me, and you know we've been talking uh, ever since. So it's been it's just awesome. Great story, Ron. We've all got smiles on our faces here, listening to you speak. It's uh, great to see you again. Hopefully, we can uh, we can spend some time together down the road. Awesome, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me. Ron Bodan, former client of Siloam Mission. He was homeless, and thanks to Siloam, he is now employed and back in contact with his family. And thank you very much for sharing your story, Ron. And you can share your generosity by making a donation right now at one 844 9 That's one 844 974 You can also make a donation online at siloam.ca slash donate. Hashtag spring for Siloam. One more time, Ron Bodan, thank you so much for your time. Brett? Spring for Siloam Radiothon presented by Pristine Roofing and Siding. All right. Jet Street Party expanding again for round two of the playoffs. Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, Shanley Vidal, Kelly Moore making their way into the studio. The Street Party can now accommodate 20 thousand people up from 15,000 for game one, two, three, four, five in, in round one. I just had to use my fingers there. <laughs> An estimated 35,000 people attended the street parties during the first series. The street parties have cost so far $394,000. True North Sports and Entertainment has paid a total of 226000 of that total. Economic Development uh, Winnipeg has paid 28000 while the city has paid $140,000 of the bill. Now, a couple weeks ago, two weeks yesterday, in fact, Mayor Brian Bowman was here in studio. We asked him about who was picking up the tap. Whose idea yeah. was this? Who's sponsoring it? Who's paying for it? You know what? Uh, hats off to Economic Development Winnipeg. Dana Spiring is leading that team there, and they have done an amazing job. And uh, it was really a, a collaborative uh, effort with True North, uh, as well as with uh, many city departments. We had the you know, Winnipeg Police Service did an outstanding job, uh, Winnipeg Transit, Public Works. Uh, there was a private sponsorship that, that stepped up. and Private sponsorship. I didn't hear the word partnership, and is there a distinction here? And do we have to ask questions twice when politicians are answering them, Kelly Moore? Well, I know everybody's going to get hung up on the price tag, but here's a question I will pitch to the panel. How much does it cost for a 30-second commercial 
on Rogers Sportsnet or Hockey Night in Canada during the playoffs. I want to be very clear. I don't have a problem with the price tag. Right. I have a problem with, once again, the transparency of when you ask the mayor a question about who's paying for this. What was your interpretation of that answer, Brad? Uh, that the city was not paying for it. But uh, I don't know. I uh, Maybe he just maybe he didn't quite know when he came in at that point. And if he doesn't know the answer to the question, maybe it's better to say, I, you know what, I, don't, I, I should probably get get the details on that. But in the end, I, I really don't care. I, yeah. I have no problem with the city picking up the tab on this. Was that interview after the very first game? Yes. Yeah, so I, I guess the other thing I would say, and not that I am defending the mayor, okay? But and I'm not trying to pick no, on him no, either. I understood. But uh, do you think anybody realized how big this thing was going to get. Possibly not. Yeah. Uh, Lee Vidal, what's your take on this? Well, I think I think this uh, street party stuff, it, it came together very quickly. It was very well done. And, you know, like Brett, I I don't really care if, this, if the city ends up paying for a portion of it. And I do understand what you're saying, Greg, that, you know, maybe it wasn't a, a straight answer that Mayor Bowman gave, but... He may not have had all of those details as as of yet, and uh, like Kelly was saying, we we had no idea how big this was going to go go and how big all of those price tags were going to increase. Well, and, and in all fairness, uh, Jerry, he sounded pretty sure to me. He he did sound pretty sure, uh, but it was one game in. Hmm. Maybe at that point, the city wasn't really paying much for well, it. Well, that could be uh. that could be accurate. Yeah, and and I think any money that does. That the city does pay for it, maybe should come out of tourism dollars because it is basically just a big advertisement for the city. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I, I there's some merit to your suggestion there. I think we're all getting something out of this, though. I think we've acknowledged that, right? Whether you've been at the games, at the street party, just watching on TV, or getting caught up in the increased energy in the city. I, I don't know if it really matters. Well, I think it we're doesn't. all getting something out of the this. The civic pride far outweighs the little few dollars that this is going to count. In the overall city budget, it's a drop in the hat. I mean, the amount of money we saved on snow clearing this year, just say it's that money. I love it, Jeff. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine, okay, if you know Jets are the only Winnipeg team in the playoffs and the city did nothing, there was no party, there was nothing and that's the, this is a big deal. How often does does your hockey team get to be in the playoffs? How about once every thirty one years they get to the second round? You know, so. it, it's it's a it's a big <laughs> deal, and I think I think so. A lot of people don't. I mean, I think that cost is really a drop in the bucket. They should start saving up. They should start saving up though for because we're going to need money for a Stanley Cup parade and a Great Cup parade this year. So oh, we'll Jeff, need to. I never. No, no, no. I never <laughs> ever feel like hugging you. I want to hug you right now. <laughs> don't you touch me. You can text us at 204-780-6868 what you think about this, 204-780-6868, or you can email brett at cjob.com, gmac at cjob.com. And uh, Greg, what would you think if the city was picking up more of the tab? Like let's say, like right now, True North is picking up the the biggest brunt or bearing the, the largest brunt of this, but what if it was the other way around and the city was 
footing most of the bill. I genuinely would have zero problem with it because I think what we're getting out of it yeah. uh, way overshines the dollars. What I sometimes have a problem with is how it's communicated, how we're being told what's happening and whether or not the city actually knows when they're doing stuff, who's going to be responsible for what, how it's getting done. They're clearly getting this done. They're pulling it off in spades. They're doing a great job. True North is dumping a lot of money in this and the Jets are dumping a lot. They're making some money too. Let's not be shy about that because within the confines of that party they are serving alcohol and you know they're making a couple bucks off of every single can of beer they're selling. Yeah, well, and let's just remember too that, uh, you know, uh, what is it, at the end of next season, uh, they're going to have to be paying this young kid with an awful beard Who's somewhere between 9 and $10 million a year. So any way they can generate revenue, if, as Winnipeggers, you want to continue to celebrate and uh, and thrive in the success of your favorite hockey club, well, there are ways and means. You know, this is this is the golden goose time for this hockey club to to continue to be at the forefront uh, in the NHL standings. And this just might be the beginning, right, Kelly? I mean, this could yeah. be years like this. Well, <laughs> who knows? They were saying the same thing in Edmonton twelve months ago. So, you know, I I would uh, you know I would say let's just enjoy the moment and see where that takes us. Well, seeing seeing now as as this is uh, Canada's team, maybe other uh, levels of government should be getting involved as well. Yeah, we just heard, uh, well, Jeff Braun actually dug this audio up here. This is Dauphin Swan River Nipawa Conservative MP Bob Sopak in the House of Commons, where he eventually brings out a certain chant. Mr. Speaker, spring may have sprung in Manitoba, but the whiteout is still going strong. After our Winnipeg Jets tamed the wild in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, we're on to round two. Mr. Speaker, I can guarantee you that the President Trophy winning Nashville Predators are terrified of the firepower our Winnipeg Jets are about to rain down upon them. In round two, the Predators will become the prey. After the painful departure of the original Jets in 1996, the return of our beloved Jets has energized our province. All of Manitoba is buzzing in support of our team. After the anticipated early exit of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Jets become the only Canadian team in the hunt. Mr. Speaker, I encourage all Canadians to jump on the bandwagon of Canada's team and join the whiteout as our Jets fight to win Lord Stanley. Say it with me now. Go Jets, go! Go Jets, go! Go Jets, go! Go Jets, go! Commons yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh. Well done, Bob Sopak. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering, he talked about the energy throughout Manitoba, Brett. I wonder, are there other viewing parties in places like Dauphin, like Brandon, like Portage? None that we've heard of. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to know if there are. 100%. And, uh, of course, uh, I think you mentioned it in your sports. The pit stop party in Steinbach tonight, yeah. Outstanding. The Jets were gone for so long, then we got them back. This at 204-780-6868. We're having a conversation about the whiteout party. Yes. Who should be paying? Who is paying? Got them back. Let's enjoy it. Let's put this and let this put us on the map. Let the fans have fun. What do you think is going to happen with an NHL team? 
That and other sentiments uh, being sent our way as we discuss who's paying for this party. It's a massive success. The Whiteout party is expanding again and as the only Canadian team left in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. It, uh, it's set to expand one more time, a bigger space for up to 20,000 fans. Now, that's coming up next week, special day today here on 680 CJOB. That's right. Today is the Spring for Siloam Radiothon, and it's presented by Pristine Roofing and Siding. We just heard last half hour from Ron Bodan, who is a man who was homeless. He dealt with addiction issues, and thanks to Silo Mission, he's working again. He's back in touch with his family, and... He would not be, he doesn't think he would be alive if not for Silo Mission and the great work that they do. So that's where you can help out. You can call 1-844-9-SILOM. That's 1-844-974-5626 to make a donation right now. Or you can do it online, siloam.ca slash donate. And you can make an in-person donation at Kildonan Place in the East Concourse. We'll be there with uh, right by Home Sense and Marshalls from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. today. Go online if you'd like. Super simple. Siloam.ca slash donate. You can donate online. And if you're talking about this on social media, Twitter, on Instagram, the hashtag is spring for Siloam, S-I-L-O-A-M. So we're talking about the street party. If you're just tuning in, we had a conversation at 645, having coffee talking, where we were figuring out Talking about where the money came from, who is paying for it. True North picking up most of the tab, uh, but the city is footing part of the bill for these parties. They've paid $140,000, and we're going to hear more of those details now. Uh, from Global News' Nikki Judy. The party zones are expanding further down Graham Avenue and up Smith Street as well, capable of holding up to 20,000 people. And so far, there's no plan to cap the number of Jets fans cheering on the home team. We're not at a point where we're discussing capping it just yet. We're going game by game. So you know that as we did in the first round, we've got plans to meet after every game to see how we did. The city estimates 35,000 people decked out in their best white took in the street parties for round one. The three street parties cost $394,000. True North paid $226,000, while the city will fork over $140,000. Economic development is picking up $28,000. Like the Winnipeg Police Service and Winnipeg Transit have some pretty significant budgets. Uh, We are asking them, of course, to work within what they've got. They will, of course, have to reallocate, move resources around, uh, shift priorities if necessary, but we're asking them to stay within their budgets. Economic Development Winnipeg says the impact from the media coverage of the whiteout street parties is around $950,000, but exact figures won't be known till after the playoffs. Round two of the whiteout street parties kick off next Tuesday when the Jets host the Nashville Predators for game three. The party starts two hours before the puck drops. Nikki Judy, Global News. Now the street party, a.k.a. Whiteout Way, started as just one block down Donald Street from Portage to Graham. That quickly grew to nearly triple the capacity for game two. Then once more to Graham Street for the opening series clinching win. And then that party continues to expand. It's now going to take over a section of Smith Street along with an additional block of Graham. So that 
little corner of downtown. Uh, from the the aerial view, it's just going to be more and more. It's going to be like a flood of fans. It's absolutely inspiring. Dana Spiring from Economic Development Winnipeg says they've been amazed by the number of fans who have been coming out to the parties. You know, we've been blown away by the feedback that we've got. We thought on the first night, and you'll remember back in round one when the first game in Winnipeg was chilly. We thought we might have a thousand people out on the streets, and and, uh, we were blown away with 5,500 fans out there watching the game. Uh, The second game, we we were up to 9,000, and last Friday when spring finally came to Winnipeg and we had the chance to clinch round one, we had about 20,000 people outside. So, you know, the, the our expectations are, have been blown away every time, and, and we want to accommodate as many people as we can. So, You're never going to be able to sit down with pen and paper and justify this on an economic basis. No. You can talk about $950,000 or whatever the number is in terms of advertising. You cannot measure the economic impact, the cascading effect throughout the economy at restaurants, at bars, the overall increase in emotional excitement within our community. You can't put a dollar figure on that. I know we want to do that and we have to be responsible within our means to pay for these things. Uh, Just going back and forth on email with one lady who's saying, well, you know, True North's probably going to make most of their money back based on the on the beer sales. I don't know if they'll get there, but is it true? Is it the Jets? Is it True North? Is it their job to put on a party for people who are outside their venue? I would argue that it's not their job to do that. They are creating the entertainment. They are creating the source of pride at the core of this thing in the first place with their investment of tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. Uh, The people that buy the tickets inside the venue are contributing to that vastly without those people that doesn't happen i think if you're looking for an economic for someone to put a number on this to say here's the cost here's the benefit if you want math if you're looking for math you're not going to find it the first big celebrity trial of the me too era has come to a close with bill cosby's conviction on three counts of aggravated indecent sexual assault He was found guilty of drugging and molesting Toronto native Andrea Constand at his Philadelphia area home in 2004. Cosby, who turns 81 in July, could end up spending his final years in prison. He stared straight ahead when the verdict came, but moments later he lashed out with profanity at District Attorney Kevin Steele. The verdict completes the spectacular late-in-life downfall of a comedian who broke racial barriers in Hollywood on his way to TV superstardom as... America's dad. On Thursday, yesterday, the news on 680 CJOB, Richard Cluche and Julie Buckingham interviewed Robert Thompson, University of Syracuse pop culture professor, about the verdict. Well, we saw what happened the first time. I suppose it uh, it's completely possible that that could have happened again. This is certainly a much more satisfying ending, uh, given not only how this whole story unfolded, but how the other stories that unfolded that uh, the Me Too movement talks about. Um, And clearly, for a guy who played a really important role in the history of American television, this is clearly the thing he is going to be most remembered for. And Thompson says the story is so disturbing to most of us because it paints a very different picture than the person he portrayed, Cosby that is, in front of the camera. 
Well, I think the disconnect between his uh, uh, how he was seen on television by everybody and what this story was was so disconnected that, you know, when we heard the story about Louis C.K., um, a lot of people who had been watching Louis C.K.'s comedy kind of said, "Okay, well, that's not that big of a surprise with Cosby. The disconnect was so extraordinary uh, that I think it it really did uh, make this story even. I mean, he's a huge historical figure. He had one of the most popular shows uh, on television, and there was this disconnect between his personal and his public persona. That's what's made this such a disturb. Well, that's one of the three of the many, many things that have made this such a disturbing story. Now, Cosby is free on $1 million bail. No sentencing date was set. And uh, also worth pointing out, this was the retrial as uh, in the first case, there was no decision that uh, the jury could come to. Well, and is Cosby still receiving preferential treatment based on his superstar slash celebrity status? He's free on $1 million bail. I guess that is something that might be afforded to somebody else in the same situation awaiting sentencing, but not everyone can afford to plop down a million dollar security for bail. And why was no sentencing date sent? Isn't that usually sort of the next thing that happens once a a judge, uh, just before the judge slams down its gavel? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait to see what happens with that. But it is uh, just... It's still so bizarre to, as pointed out, America's dad now maybe spending the rest of his days behind bars. <laughs> yes. It's, One more breath. It's the Marvel theme. Yes. <laughs> well done, Jerry. He's clearly been practicing My that one. God. That was really good. Good, Thank you. Jerry. <laughs> Behind the glass, Jerry, you must be out of breath after that one. <laughs> Holy crow. Well, you know, a lot of people have been holding their breath, waiting for this movie. Yeah. It's finally here. The first of two films that Marvel has been building towards with the launch of its cinematic universe way back in 2008 when Iron Man debuted. It is Avengers Infinity War. All the infinity stones. He can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. This is the 19th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Thanos that they just mentioned is the big bad. We first saw him at the very end of Marvel's The Avengers in 2012, and since then, He's been looming in the background as he aimed to collect the six Infinity Stones. Now, you've been trying to learn about hockey? Yes. I'm trying to learn about this Marvel Universe, cinematic universe. What are the Infinity Stones, Brad? Well, there are these magical stones that hold all the power of the universe. doesn't matter where they came from. You don't need a history lesson on that. Just know that the stones are power, space, reality, soul, mind, and time. And if Thanos gets them all, he can basically do whatever he wants just by imagining it, and he can fulfill his goal of wiping out half the population in the universe to, as he sees it, 
restore balance. Sounds like a solid citizen. Yeah, it's he's a bad guy. He is a bad guy, and the stakes are have never been higher. So almost all of the characters we've seen in the previous 18 movies are coming together to try to stop him. So you've got Iron Man, Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, the Black Widow, Black Panther, the Scarlet Witch, Vision, Doctor Strange, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And the list goes on. Guardians of the Galaxy? The Guardians of the Galaxy oh are there. Oh my word. And actually, here's a clip of that. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way, it might be really good. Wow. Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord from the Guardians, <laughs> telling Iron Man that his plan is stupid. Wow. So it was really That's cool. Gumption. It was really cool to see all of these characters come together. And it was also really cool to see the villain, which was CG, was very fully realized. Unlike DC's failed super team-up Justice League, which had an uninspiring CGI villain, Marvel really stuck the landing with Thanos, a big purple guy who's motion-captured by Josh Brolin. Now, I, I gotta say this, uh, you might recall the previous Marvel movie, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I said you don't have to have seen any of the previous Marvel movies to enjoy it. It's a self-contained right. story that just happens to be part of a bigger picture. Avengers Infinity War, I, I don't think this is for the casual moviegoer. This is the culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first of two big Avengers movies focusing on this Infinity Conflict, and it will conclude next year. And uh, it, yeah, it's a huge thrill for me because I've been following the film since they started. But for some other background, there was a comic book series in the 1990s, the early 90s, called the Infinity Gauntlet. That's this thing that he wears on his hand, this Thanos? big glove, yeah, Thanos, where he puts all the jewels on them. Ah. And it was an amazing series. It was a huge series for Marvel Comics. So to see that, the spirit at least of that series, come to life on film was incredible. I will say it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And it, it is almost punishing in its relentless action. I've seen many reviews use the word exhausting. And it is exhausting. So if you're not as into this as I am, you might not like it, but it's got about 86% last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I don't... It's hard also to look at this as an individual film because it ends kind of at the midway point, right? So it, 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 it's a lead into the next film. You have to wait until next year to see how it concludes. But it is a great time, I, and it's very serious as well. I have to say it's very serious. This is not uh, the bubblegum, fun, happy Marvel movie you might be expecting. But hopefully by the end, that's what we'll see. So yeah, I, uh, I can't recommend it enough if you're into this stuff. Avengers Infinity War, it's a big deal. It's going to be huge at the box office. I'm going to give it... Four. I'm still deciding on this. I'm going to settle on four couch cushions out of five. Do you ever give out half yeah. couch cushions? Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of waffling between four and four and a half. I think I'm going to not give it four and a half because, like I said, it was so serious that even though it was thrilling, the, it was a slight lack of fun factor. And there was almost too much, but it's still, I love it. I think I might have to go see it again. Will it do more than the $300 million that Black Panther's done? 
Uh, well, Black Panther made <laughs> double, more than double that. <laughs> you yeah. know why I said that? Yeah, yeah. You know why I said that? You, 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 you thought Black Panther would would do well, but maybe not as well as it's done. I was, I was blown away by how much that movie has made. Uh, well over six hundred and thirty million dollars just in North America. Is this going to beat it though? Could it beat it? I would normally have said yes, but now I don't know. I don't know. I can't make box office predictions. All right. We'll write the number down, and we'll put it in an envelope, and we'll reveal it a month from now. So we're going to speak to Winnipeg's very own international superstar, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. For the moment, he's going to be in two places at once. Why is he going to be in two places at once? Greg? Well, right now he's in Saudi Arabia getting ready to participate in the WWE's greatest Royal Rumble event, which begins at 11 a.m. Central on the WWE Network. We spoke to Chris Jericho a couple of days ago about a challenge he's issued to one of the biggest names in country music, Concerning hockey, the Winnipeg Jets, the Nashville Predators, here's how it went. Well, we are reaching out to you, and I think you have an idea why. You've been featured on the Jets scoreboard and uh, encouraging fans to get loud all season long. It's been extremely effective during the playoffs, and we know that you've thrown down the gauntlet somewhat. Maybe a little bit of a different sort of Royal Rumble with Carrie Underwood. Has she answered your question as to what you should have on the line as it pertains to this Predators-Jets playoff series? Well, I'm sure if she had, you would have heard about it before me. I mean, she's got, like, I think 8 million. Like, I got a lot of Twitter followers and uh, and uh, Instagram followers, Facebook, about 10 million strong. I think she's about 20 or 30 million. So she probably has a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, morons challenging her and saying things to her. But I just thought, you know, she's a big hockey fan. I think she's married to one of the guys on the team. Uh, I think he's a fourth line bench warmer, I'm not sure. But it's like if you're going to be uh, touting the Nashville Predators, you got no idea what you're getting yourself into. This is Winnipeg, man. We are Winnipeg, and I think that if um, if she's a proud Nashville Predator fan, uh, half as much as she claims to be, uh, she'll have uh, no problem doing a friendly wager with me. Obviously, one of the biggest Winnipeg Jets fans on the planet with uh, one of the most, uh, uh, I guess, no, most most notoriety, perchance, from Winnipeg, uh, being a diehard Jets fan. So let's do um, a, a wager, a friendly wager for charity. Uh, I'll pick my charity, and she can pick hers. And we'll do, like, a ten grand wager. I, that's what I believe uh, in the Jets. I'll put $10,000 up that says the Winnipeg Jets win uh, the series against Nashville, if she'll do the same, and uh, she can donate ten thousand dollars to, to my uh, charity, JDRF, for the study of uh, type one diabetes, to be type one diabetes, and she can uh, pick a charity of her choice, and whoever wins, uh, wins, and, and and I'll be happy to shake her, her her internet hand, so to speak, her cyber hand, and and proclaim her team to be the better team uh, if if they win. But as we know. The Nashville Predators will not win because they have no idea what they're getting into, walking into the into the MTS Center and the whiteout and just the the, the 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 lunacy of the Winnipeg fans. So I think it's going to be a rude awakening for the Nashville Predators, the same way it was for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, if Carrie Underwood feels differently, she knows where to find me at I am Jericho, Chris Jericho Fozzi on uh, on Instagram, or just contact you guys. Whatever you want to do, Carrie. It's a friendly bet. Put your money where your mouth is. 
Jets versus Predators. Let's see who wins. So, Chris, uh, what if she wanted to to up the ante? Like, say, for example, she said if uh, if the Predators somehow win, you have to appear in public, uh, maybe on television or something, in uh, a Predators jersey. Would you accept that uh, kind of term? I'll accept any bet that she throws upon me, well, as long as it's reciprocal. And um, I'll be happy to. I mean, this is what makes uh, NHL hockey so much fun, especially in the playoffs. Obviously, huge fan of Karen Edward, nothing but huge respect for her. I think it's good for, for hockey. It's good for the Predators. It's good for the Jets. It's good for charity. Um, it puts a lot of spotlight onto this series being the most pivotal and important series uh, of the Western Conference Finals because I think the winner of this series goes all the way to the Stanley Cup. So it puts a lot of focus and a lot of momentum uh, on our series. I know Nashville is not the biggest of cities. Winnipeg is not the biggest of cities. But combine the two with the star power and worldwide fan base of Kerry Underwood and Chris Jericho, and you got yourself a, a spotlight and, and, and a winning series either way. So um, I think that uh, I think that she'll be she should be more than happy to be involved with this because it just puts more spotlight on her uh, her little team there, her little country team. As we speak, he may be in the ring at the Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. He's on the air with us right now. Chris Jericho laying down the gauntlet. Is there any chance we see you here in Winnipeg during this series, uh, live and in person? Well, I mean, they're going to have to do really well or or end it very quickly because the first game is on Friday. I'll be in Saudi Arabia Sunday. I'm actually going to be in Calgary. And then Tuesday, I have to go uh, do some other stuff. So um, I'm not sure. If they continue on, I'll, I'll be there. But as far as the first four games, there's not much of a chance that I'll be working. So, um, But it's okay. I'll just catch them either at the end of this round or I'll catch them uh, in the third round. Uh, we got a lot of rounds coming up, man. There's a lot more games to go. So uh, I will be there again. Um, especially as the as the uh, rounds get harder and harder, and they, they go further into the playoffs. Chris, you referenced the the lunatic fans in Winnipeg, and as I've learned this week, uh, Greg has instructed me, uh, educated me on how Nashville also has rather raucous fans. You obviously have tons of experience with commanding large crowds. Uh, how much energy does a big wild crowd give you when you're out there performing? When you're out there trying to accomplish your goal. It's, it's everything, man. It's everything. I mean, whether for me, whether I'm, I'm working in the WWE or whether I'm doing a Fozzie show, if you have a crazy crowd that's going over the top, it doesn't even matter how, how your gig is. It just makes it so much better. You could have the best game in the world or have the best show or the best match, and if nobody's really making any noise, it's not the same. You can go out there and, and make a few mistakes and take a few chances when you have the power of that of that fan base behind you. So, I think that's why the Jets have done so well at home. It really is, you know, the, the, the seventh man on the ice. It just creates a whole different ambiance, and it gives you adrenaline. You know, it makes you want to go out there and, and, and score some goals and punch some people in the face and, you know, just uh, make your mark and make a stand. So um, some buildings uh, in the NHL, and same for Fozzie shows or for WWE shows, aren't good crowds. It's just the way it goes. But then you get to some places like Chicago, Nashville, Winnipeg, great, great cities, and you know it's going to be an amazing crowd no matter what. And it gives you a little extra incentive to, to go out there and play your best. Y2J, best of luck in Saudi Arabia, Royal Rumble, and we will uh, keep in touch with you. We'll tell you, we'll let you know via Twitter or otherwise if we've heard from Ms. Underwood on your challenge. 
Absolutely. Keep me posted, man. And, uh, and like I said, if things continue this way and we don't hear from her, I might have to put her on a certain list. But we'll worry about that when, uh, when, it, happens, when it happens. Outstanding. Thanks, Chris. Take care, my man. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Go Jets. Chris Jericho, we spoke to him Wednesday. He is in Saudi Arabia today getting ready for the greatest Royal Rumble event. There are going to be 50 guys in the ring. That'll be on the WWE Network later this morning. Today is our Spring for Siloam Radiothon. Now, it officially starts at 9 a.m. at Kildonan Place, but you can donate right now by picking up the phone at one 844 That's one 844 5626 or online anytime, siloam.ca slash donate. Now, earlier this morning, we were joined in studio by a former client of Siloam Mission to hear his story about how he overcame homelessness, and now we are very pleased to have another guest here to share his personal story. He is the pri- pr- proprietor of Willy Dogs, and I don't know about you, Brett, but I could go for a Willy Dog right now. I'm hungry. Yeah. Hot dog sounds good. Hot dog cart proprietor uh, joins us. Will Galt is here, and I said, well, at least I was hoping I was meeting Willie Galt, the former Chicago Bear wide receiver, but <laughs> you, 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 you'll, be, you'll do just fine, Will. Great to meet you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me here. And congratulations on your uh, new enterprise. Tell us a little bit about uh, the road uh, to uh, being an entrepreneur. Sure. So uh, my journey started uh, connecting with Silo Mission in 2011. Um, it was uh, the spring of 2011, and I had uh, lost everything um, due to uh, drug and alcohol use. And um, it was a spring night, and I was wandering downtown on the streets uh, on Princess Avenue, and I had heard about Shiloh Mission, but I wasn't really sure exactly what it was. I had uh, approached uh, an employee of Salome who was working outside and uh, asked if I could please stay the night. Um, I had nowhere to go. Um, he offered me the last mat available, and I uh, continued to stay there for the upcoming weeks and access resources through Shalom um, to uh, find some stable housing. Um, unfortunately, I continued to battle um, for upcoming years after that, and... Um, you know, I ended up uh, losing everything in 2011. I lost my career with the province. Um, you know, I lost my home. I lost my family. And uh, Shalom Mission was definitely a connecting point for me uh, on my new journey. Um, 2015, um, after a few more years of battling and, um, you know, having some severe issues, I uh, ended up out in Brandon and through AFM. And, uh, you know, I, I became sober. I started my journey and... Uh, so in June 28th, 2015, I, I maintained sobriety since then. Um, last year, we uh, had a little baby girl who uh, just turned a year old and oh, uh, man. and got engaged. Um, you know, for the, a few years prior to this, I had worked with a buddy of mine who owns a business, uh, a hot dog cart. And, you know, I have a passion for food and being around people. And I just love the industry. So, you know, we put uh, pen to paper and with some help of uh, family and, and friends and uh you know, support of my fiance, we uh, we started building a hot dog cart and building a brand new business from ground zero. Where can we find Willie Dogs? Willie Dogs is located just outside St. Boniface Hospital, uh, Monday to Friday during the week. And um, yeah, I have a, a great variety of, uh, of food. And, um, you know, none of this would have been possible, uh, you know, if it wasn't for 2011. And, and Shalom Mission was definitely a connecting point for me. You know, they gave me uh, hope when I went during my really dark days. And, um, you know, I, I was, I've said it before, I was spiritually, emotionally, and financially bankrupt. You know, I had uh, a little bit of hope left, but I didn't have much else and I uh, had nowhere to turn. 
And, you know, the staff there was so non-judgmental, and they provided me a safe, secure environment. Um, you know, at, this t- at that time in my life, I just needed a, a time to think, and where am I going to go from here? And, um, you know, since 2015, my journey has been very bright, and, you know, I'm very, very fortunate. I always hold Shalom very close to me for, you know, providing a place for me to stay in 2011. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur a little bit myself, so uh, I, I can remember the days of trying to put together an ice cream cart with my brother, and uh, there's a lot of challenges there, and, and we never, ever get to where we are on our own, regardless of where we start, right? Uh, there's so much that we, we look to others for support, so uh, your story is absolutely inspiring, Will. Can I have a standing, I'd like to have a standing renova- uh, reservation for about 12 o'clock every Wednesday as I go and have meetings at St. Boniface Hospital Foundation, so I'll be seeing you every Wednesday henceforth. Sounds good. I'll be more than happy to accommodate you. Now, Will, uh, when we spoke with Ron Bodan earlier, uh, we asked him the question that we'll ask you now. Where do you think you'd be today if not for your encounter with Siloam back then in 2011? You know, uh, in 2011, it was, you know, my my alcoholism and and the addiction drug issues was uh, pretty severe. It was life-threatening. I started having uh, withdrawal seizures and I started, you know, ended up in the hospital and addictions unit. So I, I think if, you know, Salome wasn't there at that point to offer me a safe, secure place and to access resources, that's when I first got in contact with the Addictions Foundation of Manitoba through Shalom and staying there. You know, um, as much as I don't like to say it, you know, it, it, it took me so hard that, you know, I, I believe I, I wouldn't be here, you know, and that's just the reality of the addiction, you know, and um, it was to that point, it was life-threatening with me. And, you know, when I made that decision to change, it... Uh, you know, it was something that, uh, you know, I had to use all my power to do. And, you know, without being in Shalom's, you know, drop-in center and a place to eat and place to sleep, you know, like I said, I, in my wildest dreams, I never imagined, you know, I worked six and a half years with the province of Manitoba as a peace officer. You know, I had a, a pretty decent job. And, uh, you know, in my worst, you know, in my worst dreams, I never thought that I would ever end up, you know, homeless. And I was so grateful, you know, and still am to this day that Shalom was there you know, free of charge to access resources that help save my life. Well, it gave you a, a chance to pause, right? To collect your thoughts, to think about the future. Before we let you go, I want to know, uh, how's it, how are you enjoying being a dad? You know what, we, uh, Ireland is, uh, you know, she's a miracle. It's actually kind of uh, ironic too. She was the first baby in Manitoba to receive cochlear implants uh, this year. And it was uh, a first in Manitoba medical history. And, uh, you know, so it's a journey every day, but you know what? She gives us strength and she gives us hope. And, you know, every day when I wake up and see her just before, you know, going to work or something like that, that smile and, you know, her having the opportunity now to hear and, you know, and having a fiance, you know, who's also in the same journey as I am and to be sober, it's, you know, it's very rewarding and it's, uh, it's life changing. So if anybody listening to this radio station right now is planning their lunch and they want to come see Willie Dogs, once again, where will they find you? Uh, just outside St. Boniface Hospital on Tasha Avenue. Okay, well, Will Galt, thank you very much for joining us today to tell us your story, and uh, congratulations on your success and your family and and just uh, being here. Good for you, man. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for sharing your story. Now, I'm not bitter about not getting this assignment at all. Winnipeg Jets flew to Nashville yesterday to prepare for tonight's Game 1 of the Round 2 series against the Nashville Predators. Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry with you here. One Winnipegger for sure is in Nashville right now, and that's Global News reporter Brittany Greenslade. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning. How are you both doing? We're doing great. How are you doing? 
Oh, so good. How can you not be? Well, we've seen your video. Uh, You have your journey on your way down to Nashville. Not everybody has seen that, but uh, it's available online, globalnews.ca. And look for the Winnipeg uh, video. And I know that that's available on your social media as well. I don't want to ask you about the plane ride because uh, I'm sure it was fine. But I do want to know how you got from the airport to the hotel. Did you take an Uber? I took a taxi. And I have to tell you guys that I have met a few Winnipeggers since I've been down here, but I I hear there's going to be a lot taking over Predator Park this afternoon, so I'm planning on going there to to meet them. But I am slowly converting all of the people here in Nashville to be Winnipeg Jets fans. Because today, the (laughs) mate, 25-minute cab rides at a time. Yeah, here's a clip of, uh, well, we've got a clip of Patrick uh, where you had some fun with him. Here's uh, how that went down. And who's going to win? It's going to be Fred. No. Yes. Are you sure? Sure. Why do you think so? Because what? They play better. No. So can I get? Can I hear you say, go Jets, go? No. <laughs> what do you think the score is going to be, Patrick? Go Jets, Patrick. Go Jets, Patrick? <laughs> yes. How about go Jets, go? Go Jets, go. Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not convinced, Brittany. I think he was just looking for a bigger tip. <laughs> I'd already paid, guys, so okay, that okay. that should say something. All right, that, so, that may say Patrick something. Patrick is a diehard, yeah. Patrick is a diehard Predators fan and tells me that uh, the mayor's actually declared today Predator Pride Day. So there are signs everywhere saying Predator Pride. I am about a block and a half away from Predator Park and from Bridgestone Arena, and let me tell you, there is yellow everywhere there is far too much yellow in this town such an ugly yellow too disgusting shade (laughs) of yellow (laughs) so so you bumped blue is so much nicer it is it is white's even nicer than that right yes exactly so Brittany, you bumped into another uh person with winnipeg roots uh country singer Yes. So it's not easy getting down to Nashville. I have to tell you guys that there's no direct flights, as we we said yesterday. It's 2,100 kilometers away from Winnipeg. Um, And I think that is what Nashville really wants us to think, is that it's not easy. They're not easy. The Predators aren't going to be easy. And this is not going to be an easy series when that puck hits the ice Friday night. But what they don't know about Winnipeggers and Canadians is we really, really love a challenge. And the first thing you see and you hear when you get off the plane here in Nashville, is a country singer from Winnipeg, Courtney Lynn, who I had a chance to meet up with yesterday as I listened to some of her sweet country tunes at the airport. So take a listen to what Courtney had to say. I decked out the stage here at the BNA airport. It's the first thing they're seeing when they're coming in. I'm loving it. I'm like, it's Winnipeg pride, you know? It's in our blood, you know? The Winnipeg Jets, they're here at the playoffs, second round. Second best team in the league. Super excited. This is kind of enemy territory that I'm walking into right now and that you're standing up there and singing in front of that. What is that like? I love it. It's 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 what I go on. It's it's my it's my food, it's my bread and butter. I love it. Brittany, while you were standing there with, with her wearing her jet skier, did anybody happen to heckle her or give her a hard time? No, but John Mayer walked by. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I kid you not. I had been in Nashville for all of five minutes. So I had to make a call to my boss uh, yesterday, right after that interview, to ask whether he needed a permanent Nashville correspondent. Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't seem too on board with that. But mm. That John Mayer <laughs> yeah, guy's nothing but trouble. In. That John Mayer guy's nothing but right? trouble, Brittany, just so you know. Just letting you know, <laughs> stay away from him. <laughs> Well, he, he walked by pretty quick. Okay, perfect. Now, what about Courtly Lynn? Did she make a prediction boldly in front of you, in front of the people of Nashville at BNA, as they call it? Oh, she definitely did. And I want to tell you, she also gave me one of the best Go Jets Go I've heard in a while. So listen to what she had to say about her prediction. I think Winnipeg's going to win this first game. And then the second game, maybe the Preds might get it. And then when the Winnipeg's back home... Game on, we got it. Give me your best go, Jets go. Go, Jets go! (laughs) Pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) Right? Tons of energy. It was pretty. I did. Yeah, I had to give her a little bit of a hard time for even saying that the Predators were going to win one game. Um, but we know this is going to be a tough series. We oh. know this is going to be a really uh, hard-fought series because these are the two best teams in the league. So this is going to be an exciting series when uh, they hit the ice tonight. Have you seen this little uh, putt-putt plane that they uh, that they dressed up in Winnipeg Jets colors in the courtyard at Bridgestone Arena? Yes, and I have to say, um, we there's a country singer as well, Leanne Pearson, who we are going to be meeting up with um, tomorrow. And she's going to be getting a bit of a hard time for me because she was decked out in her jet skier, her jersey, and her white pants. And she helped spray paint that plane. I saw a video of her doing just that. I follow her on Twitter. I, I didn't know how to feel about that. She, she might have to redeem herself in her conversation with you tomorrow. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we're, we're going to see what we can get out of her because like, she's, she has some explaining to do. Brittany Greenslade. That's for sure. <laughs> we cannot wait to catch up with you uh, over the weekend. Uh, thank you for this, and, and have a great time. And like I said, stay away from that John Mayer guy. He's nothing but trouble. <laughs> nothing but trouble. Go Jets, go. We are bringing the white out to Smashville. All right, Brittany Greenslade. Thank you very much. Brittany is in Nashville. Pred, Pred's Pride Day? Psh. Mackling McGarry on a Friday morning. Go Jets, go. Cancun is a popular destination for Canadians, and it has been for decades. But the deadly violence seen elsewhere in Mexico is now plaguing this tropical paradise. And so far, Ottawa has not issued a warning. That's Sean O'Shea of Global National. Canadians travel to the United States more than any other country in the world. Number two on the list of most popular travel destinations, Brett? Uh, You're asking me to guess? I am. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, is it, would it be England? Mexico. Oh, of course. Sand, hospitality. In 2016, two million Canadians spent a total of 30 million nights in Mexico. Major resort areas on the Pacific coast, on the Gulf of Mexico, smaller communities that offer a more authentic experience are gaining in popularity. Cancun has become a destination of choice for many Canadians, many Manitobans. It has also recently become the site of the continuing battle in the war 
between Mexican drug cartels. Here's more from Global National's Sean O'Shea. Canadians are among millions who make Mexico their tourist destination every year. Cancun is considered a sun lover's paradise and supposedly safe. But in the last four months, it's turning into a city known as much for murder as anything else. Drug cartels are moving into tourist zones. This week, five people were found dead there, bringing the total of murdered in the city area since the beginning of the year to 100. The Canadian government has posted travel warnings about certain parts of Mexico, but not Cancun. Most travelers would have no idea what is going on there. I called a travel agent to see if I'd get a warning. Just wondering if there's any reason I shouldn't book there. I'm just, I'm just wondering whether it's safe to travel to Cancun. Yeah, 100%, 100% safe. I, I'm going there in a month. <laughs> okay, I've been, I've been reading about all the murders. They've had 100 murders there in the last three months. Well, I mean, that's like anywhere, right? You go, there's always, obviously always going to be um, something going on, but there are no real travel advisories for Cancun at all. Like, 100% okay to travel. There's no bans right now. People are going, and yeah, there's nothing wrong with traveling there. So you don't think there'll be an issue? No, I don't think so. We asked Global Affairs Canada why no warning. They said they'd get back to us. The American government is warning its citizens to take care in Cancun as the death toll there gets higher every week. Thank you, Sean. And uh, many of you may know about the uh, bombs that exploded on the ferry to uh, Playa del Carmen, which is very close to Cancun. Canadians and their tourism brought $2.715 billion Canadian dollars to Mexico in 2016. That number is only growing as we make our way into 2018. Has your view on visiting Mexico changed in, in light of many of these stories that we're starting to hear out of Mexico. Brett, you've been down to uh, Mexico. I have been there twice. Uh, one time where we specifically went to Mexico for a seven-day vacation. The second time was just a four-hour stopover on our cruise where we were in Cozumel. But uh, this, the, the vacation was to Mazatlan in February. And I liked it. I always wanted to go back, just never got around to it. I don't, uh, I don't do well with the... The saving of the monies for the vacation. Uh, so I'm kind of my own worst enemy there, but I really enjoyed it. However, there were times where I didn't see anything bad, but there were times where I felt unsafe. Uh, for example, there was, because there were a lot of Canadians who were there, it was Canadians, it was spring break for many of us. So there were uh, tour guides who were present who were also from Canada, and they would go down the the strip. You what? What's the name of the... The street that's, I guess, that runs all along the, the coast. Yeah, where all the resorts or the various resorts and hotels are. And they would round up all of the young people and they would cart them to various nightclubs each day. And those nightclubs had their specific tourist nights and then they had their resident nights. And we went, one day we decided not to follow the, the tour and we just went down the street or a couple of blocks away and just visited another club. And we were there for a little while. No one was unfriendly with us, but as the night went on, we were getting some rather unfriendly looks. And uh, there were four. So it was me and three other guys. And then uh, this woman who we met from our resort, she was attractive. And as the night went on, she started to get, you know, as she drank a bit more, she started to get a little bit more dancey, a little bit sexy with her dancing. And the guys who were there suddenly, they started to look kind of like piranha 
uh, circling in the water. And the looks they were giving us were very threatening. So we got out of there before. I don't know if anything would have happened, but we figured we better get out of here right now. Uh, And I've had nothing but positive experiences with the odd interaction similar to what you just outlined, Brett. Very, very similar. Also in Mazatlan, I've had my run in with the Mexican police trying to hustle me out of money and trying to tell me that I'm somewhere where I'm not supposed to be and the only way to get to where I want to go is to pay them a few bucks. So I've seen that. I've been down that road. But it's been 14 years since I've been to Mexico and a lot of things have changed. I want to freely declare I've got a cousin who lives in one of the uh, resort uh, communities on the Pacific side of Mexico. She absolutely loves it. She absolutely loves it there. And there are many people that go down without any issue. But I think what this story highlights is the fact that the face of even some of the most popular resorts, including Cancun, it's changing. There's no travel advisory in place, but you do want to be aware of what's what's happening. You don't want to be uh, out shopping and run into gunfire like we heard in that report, which was shot by a Canadian tourist on their cell phone. Yeah, then that I would also add to that that particular Incident, I can't even call it an incident, that particular evening that I experienced, that was the one weird spot in a trip that was otherwise wonderful, great hospitality down there. We had a a blast. I really wish that I had gone back. And when I did go to Cozumel, I made sure to get off of the, out of the tourist trap zone and went in a little bit further to experience, as uh, you referenced, authentic Mexico. And you might have just, maybe you'd probably done something that night that... Nobody would suggest you do, right? You you tried to be adventurous, maybe not the best decision in retrospect. Hey, I'm going to like the murder capital of the United States this summer. I'm going to Chicago. Yep. So, uh, you know, you've got to be, you've got to pick your, pick your spots. One, two, three. With her weekly pick of fun things to do on the weekend, here's the 680 CJOB morning show content producer. Before I before I introduce, do that again. But can you do it in like a like a slightly higher pitched voice? I'm just trying. Yes. There's a Jerry. I bet you Jerry knows. There's a there's a character who says that. Was it not? Well, there was a character in, a, in the Garfield cartoons who would always do that. Really? Whenever oh. whenever they'd go to a hotel or a restaurant or everything, there'd be a guy go yeah. <laughs> There's also the snooty Mater D on The Simpsons. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Brunton and Behind the Glass Jerry joining in. Thanks, guys. Uh, I think, yeah, I'll have Garfield. Man, you went way into the vault for that one. You know it. Remember the the Halloween special used to scare me? I love the Halloween special because there'd be lightning in the background and Garfield would look at the camera, cartoon, look at the camera and say, Yeah. Nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he looks at the camera. Yeah. Nice touch. Uh, anyway, here's 680 CJOB's morning show content producer, Shannon Lee Vidal, with her weekly pick of fun stuff to do for the weekend. Number one. The Watchmen are making a return to the peg. The CanCon staple first formed here in Winnipeg back in 1988. They're going to be putting on a show Saturday night at the Club Region Event Centre. The opening act is another Canadian favourite, the Northern Pikes. The show starts at 8, tickets are just under $40 and are available through Ticketmaster, but you'll want to secure your seats soon because it is close to a sellout. Number 2. 
Speaking of the Watchmen, lead singer Danny Graves lives in Toronto now. He runs an establishment called the Motel Bar, and it's become the place to be for those who want to cheer on the Jets from the centre of the universe. If I'm working all the time, i got to be watching the games. And we just sort of started putting it on and then, you know, putting a sign out front. Now we show all Jets games, and it really was uh, just sort of an organic an organic thing. Now it's been, you know, it's been almost seven years. And but of course, you can cheer on the Jets right here at home. There was a huge viewing party at Bell MTS Plates to watch Game 1 of the second round of playoffs against the Nashville Predators. Tickets are 10 bucks. And there are other venues throughout the city that are showing the game on a big screen as well, including the Park Theatre on Osborne Street. That one is free admission. Number 3. If you're heading to the Park Theatre to watch the Jets game, why not stick around for even more fun? On Friday, the Park Theatre is hosting the Spring Fever Burlesque Fusion Cabaret. Event organizer Megan Funk teaches dance through M-Funk Dance and Prairie Diva Burlesque. She says the event will give the students a chance to show off their moves on stage. With the burlesque fusion dance classes, there is no strip involved and it's more just a confidence builder. And a lot of people don't get that in first until they take the dance class. You'll also see several veteran performers strut their stuff at the event. It starts at 9 p.m. and tickets are $30 at the door. If you can't make it to the Friday show, there will be a second show on Saturday, and the performances are going to vary between the two shows, so there'll be something different each time. And those are my three picks for what you should do this weekend. For 680 CJOB, I'm Shanalee Vidal. Thanks, SLV, and I'm going to throw a bonus opportunity for you to have some fun in Steinbeck, Manitoba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Anavet Pit Stop Party taking place in the city of Steinbeck. Pistons fans join the festivities starting at 5.30 p.m. tonight and tomorrow night as the Pistons bring the Anavet Cup Series to the city of Steinbeck for the first time in the history of that community outside TJ Smith arena they'll have all sorts of activities and uh, free of charge to attend that park that's all the time we have i'm brett mcgarry he's greg mackling thanks to behind the glass jerry and channel Vidal, and thank you for listening to cjob and